Well, as my uh, ending of my intro says, stepping into superpower, letting people know who you are, I think in the context of letting people know who you are, you're about to discover who Chris Kelly is. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Doing great. So let's jump in. You are the child of two entrepreneurs growing up around business. What was that like? What did mom and dad do? Uh, so my mom, actually, she was a wedding planner uh, and an event planner for, for some time. And now we're actually uh, we're business partners in a doggy daycare oh, cool. and boarding facility. So, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of what I grew up around. A lot of parties, a lot of weddings, um, you know, grew up serving, uh, <laughs> excuse me, helping out, you know, however I can, uh, you know, with those, the decorating and teardowns and setting up circus tents and all kinds of stuff. And then, yeah. uh, and then my dad is a, uh, he sells hearing aids. So, um, oh, so yeah, he's cool. a, you know, kind of like an independent, uh, uh, independent reseller, you know, of, of certain hearing aids. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a very cool. I mean, both businesses are cool. I actually have a connection to, uh, the wedding planning business. I had a DJing business franchise back in my first, one of my first businesses. Um, man, the stories, I don't know about you. Do you still, uh, so you're out of the wedding business altogether. All right? all together, yeah. Do you, how long ago was that? So I want to say it was, it was, it was before I graduated high school. So I graduated in 2000. So probably I think she sold in like 97 or 98. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I had my business. This was like 99 yeah. through 03, 04. Okay. And so this is back in the days when you still had to go buy CDs for yeah. that special version of a, of a special dance. And I still have PTSD over having to buy the 17th version of this added artist of daddy's little girl. Um, that was like a song that never seemed to have a never ending list of redos and remakes on it. But, uh, I still, every now and then I'll wake up on a Sunday morning, panic dream. Something bad happened at an event. Do you ever get any of that? I owned a party bus business for, oh, no. for a few years in Tampa. And, uh, oh, geez, I know that feeling. So, party bus business in Tampa. So, that oh. had to be fun. It was, we had to be a fun business, but I would imagine you had to deal with some, uh, extra. That would be a good adjective. Extra. Yeah. Customers. Yeah. From time to time. Any, uh, any funny stories you can share? Oh, my God. I have so many funny stories about that business. Um, it started, because we would go out a lot and we were renting limos and I was, I was in my early twenties and I just started kind of making money, um, my main business. Um, and, uh, so I, you know, I, we were going out on the weekends and, you know, spending lots and lots and lots of money on party buses and limos and things like that. That's just when I used to do the nightclub stuff. And, uh, so I said one day, you know, I said, Hey, let's go ahead and we might as well just buy our own. Um, and it started off just to, we weren't, you know, we were just going to hire a driver and, and just use it. And then, you know, obviously I started, you know, I said, let's, uh, let's put it to work while we're not using it. And that's, that's kind of how it started. But what was unique about us was I didn't spend a lot of money on the bus. So it was an actual school bus that was retrofitted and kind of tricked out. Um, but it was older and the engine on it wasn't the best. And so you know, we did not advertise as a luxury, you know, we were the low price party bus in terms of- You like, were like the frat you know, house party bus. Yeah, 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 exactly. Kind of like an anything goes type, right? Um, <laughs> and uh, 
so, but it would break down a lot. And, you know, we'd get that call from the driver 3.30 in the morning being like, hey, we are just outside of Ybor City, you know, uh, and, uh, and we, got a, we got a whole lot of angry people. We got a whole lot of drunk, angry people on this bus right now. And so many, many, on, on many occasions, we had to call lots of, um, we had to call lots of taxis, right, to, to get people out of there and get oh, money wow. back. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it was, it just didn't happen frequently, but it happened more than, more than three or four times. And that was enough to make me really consider, reconsider that whole, uh, we were able to get out of it, fortunately, you know, with a profit, believe it or not. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was very, very interesting. We got a lot of, I have a lot of stories that, that we could tell about yeah. that. Sure. Our friend Scott Simons is checking in. What's up, Scott? Appreciate you up, Scott? checking out the show. Tune in. I, I think a truck Scott- from it weekend. You've got a TRX too? Yeah, yeah. I just went and bought one this weekend. I had absolutely no, um, I did not wake up on Saturday thinking I was going to buy a truck, but I did. So, yeah. Okay. So walk me through that because a TRX is not exactly your average run of the mill truck. It's seven, what, 703 horsepower. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So yeah. you just decide, by the way, I was just going to say, Scott should get somebody to do a TRX party bus. Now that, that would be insane. Would be, that would be like that would you be know insane. he sells he sells the trucks to all these celebrities. Bring back exhibit with uh, what was that thing? Pimp my ride. Pimp, pimp my TRX. Yeah, bring back exhibit. fish tank in the back the, of this. Get the gas monkey guys involved to stretch it or whatever. And I mean, yeah, he he sells to all those celebrities. Scott, you can make that happen. Yeah, I guess I think it's a a really good idea. So you got your new truck. Uh, what color did you get? I, it's a charcoal. Yeah. Nice. So, and the, the funny, it's, it's completely tricked out, right? It was like, I was, I, I honestly forget how it came about, but I, it was, uh, I, I'm up in the Northeast quite a bit and I will be up there a lot this winter. I ski, you know, pretty much I ski a lot. And, right. um, so one of the reasons I, you know, I go up there because there's a lot of resorts within a very, you know, concentrated area. Um, but Going up there, right? I have a friend that I stay with, and uh, and there's no, you know, I, I don't want to borrow her car all the time. Um, and you know, rental cars are wildly expensive, right? Whenever you do that, so I figured, you know, hey, you know, we can we can put it on the business. Obviously, I'm looking to open up another office up there, which is, which would be nice. And uh, you know, have had a vehicle while I'm in town. Um, you know, I, I think that justifies the payment on it. I I, I was just gonna comment. It's incredible what a Died in the wool salesman entrepreneur can justify to him or herself <laughs> to go buy a toy. You just saw the masterclass right there. If my wife were in the room, she would say, Oh my God, there's a second one of them. Right. Cause I do that kind of stuff around the house all the time with the well, stuff. And that we have we, nobody like, to tell us no. That's like, that's right. my issue is I'm like, Yeah, I'm going to go buy a $100,000 truck today. And I don't have anybody <laughs> in the background going, You know, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe sleep on that. I'm like, nope. Credit apps in. Let's go. Yeah, nope. <laughs> Six figure pickup truck. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Drive it once or twice a month. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they are very, very cool trucks. I can't and, wait. You know, Getting delivered on Saturday. I'm going to be up there. He pulled some strings. He said it usually takes about ten days to get delivered. Um, yeah. and he pulled some strings. It's going to be there Saturday morning. I'm very excited. Thank you, Scott. Yeah. Anybody yeah, who Scott's wants a TRX. Great. That that's it, except mine's a little bit more tricked out. But um, yeah, anybody wants your TRX, you know, plug, go through Scott. He's the man. 
I have a feeling Dodge creates TRX allotment of two buckets. The bucket for Scott and, everybody and the bucket else. for everybody else. Because this guy's just slinging them like, yeah. you know, two for one candy at the candy store. Uh-huh. It's just ridiculous. But, you know, that's appropriate to what I want to talk about next with you. Because you, me, Scott, we're all out here building our own brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're out here uh, doing the right stuff on social media, not wasting time getting involved and useless conversations about things that divide us. We're out here uh, following the rules of the network that brought us all together, Apex. We're all building our machines. Scott's an amazing car guy, you know, involved in car dealerships and like just sells TRXs to anybody and everybody. I mean, he was photographed at the big UFC fight with, who was that? Uh, Nate Diaz and uh, Jake Paul. I think sold one to Jake Paul, Chase Zero, like, all that comes from doing the work, as we like to say, building our machine. And one of those components of building your machine that we're both kind of on the just on the other side of that journey of is authoring our own books. Yeah. You just dropped your book recently. And uh, tell us about that. Like, what's it about? And what made you want to do it? And what did you learn in the process of writing it? Well, I mean, so the, <laughs> I know it's not as cool as TRX trucks, but yeah, you know, well, you know, but it's still, show. it's, it's the process was really cool. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. so one of my, you know, one of my businesses that I've been focused a lot of time on recently is a uh, virtual assistant. So what we do is we provide senior level executive assistant operations experience. Um, you know, a lot of times we come in, we'll work one-on-one with entrepreneurs or we're starting to lock up corporate accounts now where we can actually come in and, and use these, install these, install these people as, um, um, as executive support for middle and senior management, right? The easiest way I describe this is, you know, Hey, a lot of these, a lot of these times, these corporations are paying people a hundred to 125,000 a year to be middle to, you know, senior management, sometimes even more. And, uh, but they find themselves doing a lot of tasks that are still somebody that could be do entry level. Um, and so right. there's an opportunity there for us to come in and we can show the ROI very quickly. Hey, we bring somebody in as a support for your whole team. You know, it can be one-on-one or it could be an entire team. Um, they're, now they're going to be able to fo- focus exclusively on what you hire for. And you have somebody else in the background kind of running the administrative stuff, which is, uh, uh, the ROI on it is, is incredible. It's, it, you know, it justifies itself. So. That book, I started that business almost three years ago now. And, you know, it's a series. Uh, this is the first one, but this is kind of the, it's the background. It's the conceptual. It is the, uh, you know, the, the overview of the industry as a whole. Um, talks about, you know, it's, 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 it's a broad overview. The next one is going to be very tactical um, in terms of, you know, now that you understand the industry, you understand the concept, things like that. Here's how you actually implement it. So that one's going to be coming out next month. Yeah. You know, um, for folks that don't quite understand the value of virtual assistants and, and what they can unlock for your business, I'll share a little anecdotal thing from this morning. Right, actually, before I came up here into the studio for our show, I uh, I have two that I work with, and they're largely around the creation of our graphics for the businesses I have, um, video editing, and then really the distribution of all the content we create. Because every every week I'm producing, uh, most weeks, at least two hours of video content. And then we carve it out um, from moments like here in our show. And it's got to get out. And I realized I was the log jam yeah. uh, for the distribution. Like I was the guy that was responsible for it. It just wasn't happening. You know, we had all this great content and it's got to get out. And so 
that was why we brought the second one in. It's been amazing. So I mean, I talk with him weekly about what the plan is, what's going on. And then my other guy, Wilmer, who does a fantastic job, helped with my book upload, all the pr- promotional files, um, the reels, the, the, the videos, the photographs that we created or the photo images we created. Um, so like I get to be the creative director, mm-hmm. right? Like if you've ever watched Mad Men, I get to beat Don Draper. Yeah. Everybody else gets to do the work. Right. And that's what VAs get allow you to do. Right. This is how I look at it. You're allowed to be in your highest level of skill, your best lane. Area from a genius. There you go. Yeah. Yep. So it's not like, and I say that not to sound arrogant, because I think some people could take it that way. It's about aligning a team around you so you can pull a team with you further. Why right? would you, here's, here's the thing that I can add to that. So let's talk about video editing real quick, right? Cause this is a, yep. this is one of the, one of the areas that we provide services for as well. Here's the analogy that I always use. Look, I can edit my own videos if I want. Okay. I could sit down and I, I'm no good at them, but I could get it done. I could also take classes. I could learn. I could practice. I could do all these things for the next six months. And at that point, you know, after six months, I might be average right? But I'm still spending so much time on it. Um, and I might just be like an average video editor, right? But, right. or I could bring somebody in who is already a pro. And if we're talking in the Philippines, right, there's a different, um, standard of living over there, right? Our money goes a really, really long way over there. So for a fraction of the cost of an American, you know, uh, video editor, not even a fraction, like a 10th of a fraction, right? Um, right. You know, you could bring in somebody who's better than, in my opinion, better than a lot of Americans, never calls in sick, always hits their deadlines, follows the trends, doesn't complain, happy, you know, things like that. And, you know, and then a lot of times you can do it fractionally. And, you know, we're talking a couple hundred bucks a month to have all your content done as opposed to $200 an hour, right, for, for some of the Americans in here. So where I'm going with that is you can bring that small expense and it's actually not even an expense. It's an investment or, you know, what is your time worth? Cause for me, you know, I'm worth, you know, my time's worth more than 10, $15 an hour. My time in, in my opinion is worth more than $150 an hour. So why am I doing a task that just does, does not even close to get me an ROI? Right. Right. I'm going to take a little bit of a left turn that okay. maybe you weren't expecting me to ask or broach. So, I believe in our nation. I believe in supporting our people. I believe in mm-hmm. supporting jobs here. Sure. I've had people call me out on this because they know that about me, right? Like sure. friends know that about me. They, and when they learn, like I have offshore VAs, are like, well, isn't that somewhat of a hypocritical position? And I, my answer is this. I say, you know what? I'm sure from the outside looking in, it could be perceived that way. But here's what shifting those dollars allows me to do. I don't just pocket them. I can hire somebody else at my store. Right. I can donate more, which is actually what we do. We can take the effort that those VAs are directly involved with and expand it and, and actually expand it into charitable organizations. And so that's where those dollars go. And so it's not, it's not just a drop to the bottom line, put it right. in my pocket. 
thing. That's how I look at it. So how would you answer that statement or, or question? I love this left turn, by the way. So I always say this whenever I come into a corporate account. I'm not looking to replace anybody here. That's not my intention at all. I'm not trying to take somebody's job. I don't want you. It's not it. We're not going to take your American customer service department and outsource it to another country so you can, you know, help your bottom line. Does it help your bottom line? Yes. However, the way that we do it is we come in and we provide assistance. We provide ancillary help to enhance the people that you already have in place. So let's say they're at an 80% efficiency because they're, you know, on the actual job that you hired them to do. Well, what if I could bring them in some help, right? And get them up to 95. What does that do for you? You know, okay, if you're going to generate more revenue, right? Then, then you can invest mm-hmm. it back into the business, right? You could buy new software. You could hire a new employee. You could go after business development to bring more accounts or, you know, however it is to, to drive more revenue into your business. So then you could hire more people in that role. And then, you know, by, by default, you would be bringing in more assistance as well. But when you look at, instead of replacing, because that's, that's where most people's mind go, oh, you're going you're gonna to take yeah. American jobs. And that's not the, do some people do it that way? Yes, right? Um, is that the way that we do it? Absolutely not. You know, we bring it in as more of an assistant. We want to take gasoline and throw it into the fire of the people who are already producing and just make them that much better and that much more efficient. Yeah. Well, and, and here's another example. So we brought on for my retail store, Gardner's Mattress and More, we do a, a local community podcast show. It's like the opposite of how everybody else does a podcast. It's super local, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. It's not for Lancaster and Texas or Ohio or California. And right. there's, there's an all, all of those places. It's Pennsylvania. It's our county. It's our backyard focus. And we brought in a, a, a PR person to help level up the show get better guests, uh, just raise the profile on the bar, okay? And in doing so, we got better guests. We created better content. But if I were still the logjam, we wouldn't get that content out. And here's Correct. a direct benefit of this, having these people involved who are great people involved in your organization. Because we got that content out in a timely manner, we were able to connect one veterans charity to a food bank that does this really cool food distribution thing where they save tens of thousands of pounds of food a week, fresh produce and food, and process it for 31. Any charitable organization can come to their facility and pick up food for 31 cents a pound. And your podcast was able to connect those two people that otherwise would not have been. Exactly. Plus three others through the reels that my guy Morris. Yeah distributes and, and it was because you had and it was because you brought somebody in right that yes. is able to take that work off of your plate so it's about expansion yeah and and had we given that task hey stephanie who's our, our pr lady hey stephanie you know what for the fee we're paying you we feel you should also be responsible to post on social media and you know, i'm sure she's capable of that and i'm sure she might have agreed to that is it her best lane of genius? No. No, of course so not. So how, how would you, let's dig a little deeper, right? So this lane of genius, this, this thing that your people here, stateside or wherever your business is, how do you use VAs? I think you use the word ancillary. You kind of dovetail them into these teams. Yeah. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. 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 So for instance, like let's, let's go back and talk about social, right? So the way that my team is, and I have an entire team, right? So 
I have somebody who comes up with my ideas, right? Well, or, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll research topics that are, that are going to be SEO friendly, that are going to get attention there, things like that. Um, and then they will send me an email like, here is, here's the topic. Here's the, where, here's where it's going to be posted. Um, you know, here are the talking points to it. They're doing all my legwork for me, stuff that would take me, you know, forever. Now, obviously I review it. And if I want to add, remove, tweak, you know, whatever I do that, right. It's at the end of the day, this is my content. But then I have a studio at my house. I have a studio here in the office. Sometimes I just sit down in the car. I mean, I, I do it all over the place whenever I, whenever I feel the inspiration, right? Um, and uh, I'll shoot the video. From there, I let my team know. I, you know, I've got the whole team of video editors and graphic designers. I let them know there's a new video up. <clears throat> they'll chop it. They'll coordinate with my, uh, you know, they'll coordinate with my team. Um, and then they're the ones that distribute it, right? And, you know, yeah. I think it's funny that they're um, using that pattern, all right? So our, tic- so our TikTok and our Facebook Reels for not my personal page, but for our actual Elevate Outsourcing page um, is, you know, we've gone viral six times. So wow. I have more, yeah, I've got more than 7 million views across those channels because of, you know, ideas that I didn't necessarily, I wasn't the genesis of the idea. I was the one who executed on it and and spoke about it and actually delivered it, you know, delivered the, uh, you know, d- delivered the content. And then the rest of my team cleaned it up for me, made it look nice, captioned it, things like that. And then they're the ones that actually pushed it out for me because that's all stuff I don't know how to do. Um, and I don't, to be honest with you, Jeff, I don't want to learn how to do it. I got more important right. stuff to do, in my opinion, than, you know, learn how to do video editing whenever I can just hire somebody on a team, right? And, and, and they're, they're, they're experts. So. Great investment. Yeah, no, it 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 really is. It's it's really. I think if we were to sum it up in a word, it's about expansion, right? It's expanding this skill set of your core people that you directly employ. It's because you're removing the stuff that they shouldn't do. I mean, let's face it. If you're paying somebody, you know, the the number I continue to hear from CPAs, right, is if if you're investing. $70,000 into somebody on your team in payroll. Mm-hmm. It's really like 140, right? But by the time you pay taxes, insurance, benefits. So if you're investing $140,000 into this seat in your business, you want an ROI from that. And that might sound harsh to some people, but it's no different than ROI from your advertising, right? right? It's no different than you invest in electricity for your business. If the electricity didn't turn on all the time, if the internet was half the speed you paid for, you'd make a change. And so that person that you're investing 140 into, as a business owner and leader, you should set them up to have the best ROI. Yeah. And these beneficial for everybody them. involved. Yeah. Business is risk. I mean, the this title of this show is risk taker to business maker, right? I love yep. being able to support families. I love being able to provide opportunities for people to do things. You know, one of our, one of our, you know, core, our, not the core values, our mission statement is, is changing lives. And, you know, we not only want to help people scale here to change lives, right? Put out better products, things like that. But also, man, we, you know, we do a lot of, a lot of work and we've changed many, many lives over in different countries for, for a number of different reasons, but giving them opportunities. To where exactly what you're saying, the, the owning a business is risky in itself. That is what it is there for. You are investing in yourself, hoping that you can put out a product or a service that will make you more money than you're spending on it, i.e. an investment. And 
it would be just like any other employee that shows up that's not performing. You are going to find a way to either make them re- make them perform or replace them. And you know, right. exec- virtual assistants or executive assistants or anywhere, it doesn't matter what country they're coming from. That is the entire goal of having them in there is so that way you can give them the assistance they need to do what you hired them to do at, at an elite level. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. So now we're going to make a right turn. Okay. You know, your mission about changing lives. Yeah. So I've done this with my team, you know, done some special things for them. Uh, what are some special things people could do if they have, if they have assistance abroad? Uh, you know, namely in the Philippines is because that's my, that's my, uh, experience has sure. been all yeah. Philippines based. Same. Um, okay. And so, so what, what are some cool things people can do to change those lives outside of just the work for fee exchange? Yeah. So that's a great question. So there is one thing that is in line with the work for fee. Um, and that is what's called 13th month over there. Um, it is not requ- it is required if you're a Filipino, actual Filipino company registered there with the essentially W2. That's the easiest way to, um, to, to compare them. Um, to, uh, it's, it's something called 13th month. It's not required if you are a contractor, right? So if you hired somebody basically like a 1099, it's not legally required. It goes a long way. Essentially what it is, is it is an entire month's bonus at the end of the year. Um, and you prorate it for the first year. So if you hire somebody in, in November, right, they're not getting a 12 month bonus right then, but, um, it goes a really, really long way. And it is, it's not expected whenever it's contractors, but it's, I, we do it for every single one of our employees. Now, granted it's monetary, but then we also go, you know, we do a lot of uh, paid time off, which what, what I found is just like in a lot of other countries, some of these people do not are, are not treated well by their employers. They are, we had not, this was not internal, but I, this is a, this is a great example of it. I have a client whose virtual assistant was she had, she didn't tell anybody she was pregnant because she was afraid that she wouldn't get hired. She had her baby Oh wow! before her shift took one day off and then was back to work one day because she thought she was going to lose her job. Now our client were, we, we were like, what? Like, so he, he gave her a lot of time off because right? obviously we're all, the people that we're very particular about who we work with as well here too. You have to follow our core values or we won't, we don't play with you. Um, but that's the type of environment that some of them are used to this, this zero tolerance. Oh, you had a baby that sucks. We're going to replace you now, you know, because you know, you're you're not reliable. It's, it's things like that. Um, little details that go a really long way. So for instance, with us, it's paid time off. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's time with family, it's bonuses. We'll do things like, um, like last year, instead of, uh, or in addition to monetary bonuses, we would, we were, we gave things away like iPads, right? Um, mm-hmm. you know, computer monitors, um, keyboards, right? You got a lot of these people over there. They love gaming, love gaming. And so, you know, we, 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 um, one of the ones that we did was a computer monitor that was, I guess it had, I don't, I'm, I'm not an electronics guy, but it, it was good apparently. Um, and then like another thing was a keyboard. And they right. were they were going nuts. We were doing kind of like a white elephant, you know, type thing where you know you could steal from other people. And those were the two things that were. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. So it was you know they went crazy for that keyboard. So little things like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, little things like that are important. And also, I know um, Wilmer, who's going to edit this for me, he had a moment where there was where he lives, there's a lot of flooding. Mm-hmm. And he sends us a picture of his house, like filled up with water, like above the knees, I think it was. Uh, you know, so we, we did some extra compensation that week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would imagine things like water pumps, some pumps, uh, generators, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if you have a, I'm, I'm, you know, it's all commensurate, right? It's all commensurate to the, the person, the, the job that they do for you. But things like that, I'm sure go a long way. Really and, and again, remember our, our dollar stretches a lot further sure does. Uh, over there. So those are some things, uh, that I, that I've done. They will continue to do, uh, can proudly say it on record because my team's great. They're going to see this at some point down the road. Yeah. Uh, so, and I would urge everybody that's got virtual assistants to go do, uh, I think it's really important. We're yeah. blessed here in our country and we can pass that blessing on to others for sure. Of course. And you know, to that point, if anybody ever has any questions, like I, I'm, I'm like the opposite of a sales guy, right? Obviously I do business development here as part of my job is to, is to, is to generate revenue. But, you know, you're, you know, you're never going to get the hard sell out of me. I have a lot of people that call me and ask me questions and things like that. And I'm happy to talk shop and you know, I have no expectations going into the call. So, yep. Yep. We've had uh, Tracy and Wiley tuning in. Thank you for watching. Tracy Reed, appreciate you. Tracy was a big supporter of my book. So thank you. Uh, I think she bought 10 copies, one of those things you can do um, on Amazon, which is neat that can be done. And then Wiley was one of my co authors in the book. So, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate you. So uh, you have executive, v, um, elevate mm-hmm. executive, right? Elevate outsourcing. Elevate outsourcing. Sorry, yeah. my bad. It's okay. I had my notes right in front of me and I moved on from them. Uh, so you have elevate outsourcing, which is very cool. Um, as an entrepreneur, as an investor, I'll forgive the part that you're in Frisco because I know you're a Cowboys fan. I'm not Which actually. Is, I just I just moved oh, here. Not four months ago. I thought I saw that. My bad. No, I make fun of football teams. The Cowboys, you know, are okay. have been in my crosshairs recently. So maybe maybe you saw something that uh you know was making fun that that you thought that maybe it wasn't. Probably just scrolled on by it. You know, that's what it was. That's probably yeah. what it was. All right. Well, then I can let go of that as an Eagles fan here over my shoulder. I just. Well, I told you yeah. I grew up in Pennsylvania, right? Did I tell you that? No, I didn't know that. I grew up in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. So, like, no what way. forty-five minutes from me or something like that. Not yeah, far. that's not far at all. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but I, I uh, cool. was there until till I was seventeen. So okay, and I got and I got yeah. out of Dodge. <laughs> got out of Dodge. So you have um, the uh, uh, outsourcing business, mm-hmm. and then you also have payment processing. Yeah, payment pilot. Yeah. Tell us about that. So that was a business that I started in 2005. Uh, I started it out of spite, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> okay, no, let's open that one up. Nothing I've fuels never heard me. Say I started a nothing out fuels of me like like some good old fashioned hate. Um, I uh, I I was one of my first jobs out of college outside of bartending was a door to door job with a uh, a pretty well known company that I'm not going to give any press to. But, um, you know, our campaign was a very large merchant services provider. Um, and so my job is I would go door to door on a daily basis and undercut people's rates. Hey, it's Chris from, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, here, I, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but there's been some changes to the rates recently. I've been able to help some of your neighbors. Maybe I can save you some money. 
Simple, simple pitch like that. And um, it started off, I was very, very bad at this job. And then all of a sudden, one day it clicked. Um, and very quickly, I became their number one rep in the nation for about six months, right? I was crushing wow. it. And I was very, very, very good at this job at that point. Well, I found out about, we were getting paid a hundred bucks a deal, right? Which was good for me at the time. I was 21 or 22. And, you know, I was making 40 grand a year. And at that point, you know, if I had enough money to pay my rent, get groceries and go to the bar a couple of nights a week, right? I was living, I was living high. Life was and, good. Uh, yeah. That was it. Yeah. Life was great. And I know where I, this story's going because a hundred bucks a deal. It's, it sounded a lot, right? At the time. And then, um, yep. One of my mentors in New York City has been in the business even longer than that. And he was friends of a friend and it just kind of came up and, you know, he was like, Hey, oh, I heard you're doing really well at this. I was like, yeah. He's like, your residual must be massive. And I looked at him and I said, what in the heck is a residual? <laughs> and he's like, kind of looked at me like, are you serious? And, uh, so anyway, what I found out was in this business, if you're a client, right? The person who signed up the account should be receiving a monthly commission, not just a one-time upfront. So, um, right. you know, me being who I am, I went into the office on Monday and I let my manager know that, you know, we were going to make some changes to the comp plan, right? Because I'm, I'm important here. I was fired immediately, right? Wasn't even allowed to go out because, you know, they knew more than likely I would have told everybody who worked there about this and, you know, cause a lot of, right? Anyway, so I was, uh, I was, I was abruptly terminated. And then from there I went and became like an independent agent of another company. And it just kind of grew from there. And my, my goal, you know, was to obviously, you know, put food on the table, but, um, was to, you know, to, to take business from that company as well, which ended up happening a little bit, but nowhere near the extent that I was looking for. So, but yeah, the company got started out of spite and that was in 2005. So 18 years later, um, still running strong and it is my primary business, although I'm not involved in the day to day anymore. Um, I was able to, to build a really solid team around me, um, including a lot of virtual assistants. And, uh, you know, now I focus my time, not exclusively, but I focus, I'd say 80% of my time on elevate, um, and, yeah. you know, being able to, to scale that business. It's a lot more rewarding in my opinion. Yeah. So is it fair to say, and I want to ask what clicked that one day? Cause I think that could be a learning lesson for everybody, but, uh, so it's fair to say Payment Pilot powered by Elevate Outsourcing. Today, uh, Elevate that? Outsourcing powered by Payment Pilot, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I thought you meant money-wise. Yes. So Elevate, we have a, we've got a large, um, uh, you know, we, we've, we've, a lot of our assistants, a lot of the administrative stuff done on the back end is done by virtual yeah. assistants. In fact, I was yeah. actually training two of them this morning. So um, yeah. two brand new ones. Yep. And that's the thing. We'll get back to that. You can't just bring virtual assistants on, give them a document, right? give them a Loom video, and then say, goodbye, right? do your job. Yeah. Let's get back to that. But to the, uh, to the one day I clicked, you were, you know, you're out there, you're banging on doors, you're not getting ahead. And, you know, anecdotally, I'll share a story. I one time, there, you know, it ebbs and flows in the retail business. We'll get phone calls just incessantly about credit card processing. Yeah. You know, and it'll go in spurts where it's just like every other phone call is that. And it got to a point years ago, I just would say, great, fantastic. I'm so glad you called. Actually, here's what we do. Every second Wednesday of the month, everybody comes in, we sit in a circle and it's like a dog fight. Everybody just throws a raid out and we just go at it. <laughs> and whoever's left, last man standing, we win. Chris, somebody showed up the second Wednesday no. of the next month. 
Did they get, did you give them the business? You should have given them the business. I did not. I did not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't. Let value, but hey, that's what we call a life lesson for that, for that young, for that young sales professional. It was, it was. And I, I, I talked to them and I said, listen, here's why I'm not ever going to make a move. Our processor, local connection, uh, has our back. Yeah. Has set us up time and again. And it's just, it's just a relationship that I can't see how it's going to be unseated. Sure. Because there's been so many instances where we've needed assistance thinking we wouldn't get it and we got it. Like decisions going our way that everybody says not happening happens. And so it's for that reason that having that kind of a relationship matters. So anyway, what, what clicked for you? Um, it was the way that I was talking to people, you know, it was, I didn't, it was just sales in general that, that it, I was just not good at it. Right. And you see, you always hear the thing telling is not selling. And that's what I was doing. I was walking into people's places and I wasn't asking any questions. Mm. I was bulldozing and telling them that I had the best rates and that I am this and I am that. And, you know, blah, blah. I made it more about me. And uh, one day I was just like, hey, I'm going to try something different. And, you know, I said, hey, you know, and I started asking, you know, uh, consultative questions to find out where their pain was, to find out where, kind of like what you were just saying, has anything ever happened and you needed help, but you couldn't get it? Um, right. And that is, you know, this, look, this industry is incredibly, um, um, I, I just completely blanked on the word. Um, it's commoditized. Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, it's cutthroat too, but incredibly commoditized as well. And a lot of people, unfortunately, just view it as a transactional relationship. Okay. Um, there are so many things that can go wrong, right, in this business and having that connection, right? is is very important. Now here's where here's where it's kind of ironic with that is a lot of times the people that they think they're going to have the best like for instance a lot of people think going to the bank is the safest and the cheapest. The banks are usually the most expensive and they're usually the ones unless you're in a community bank or a, or a, you know a mid-level mid-regional bank if you're at Wells or if you're at Bank of America or if you're at any of the really big ones out there you're calling an 800 number and you're talking to somebody in another country and that prefer that personal banker that signed you up nine times out of 10, they signed you up and they're on to somebody else. Um, and that's just the way that that business model is where, as opposed to, you know, if you go through a local provider, right, you'll have that relationship. Like you said, the rates are going to be fair, right? Cause most people are within a couple tenths of a point of each other, or even sometimes a couple hundredths of a point of each yeah. other, which at the end of the day, is d dollars, right? We're not talking, you're not yep. going on vacation. You're not buying a brand new car. You're not hiring somebody else because you went with this over this, right? I mean, unless you are, you know, just, just absolutely, unless your volume is insane, right? You know, a couple basis points is not going to move the needle. Um, well, now when we have, you know, we've got dual pricing or cash discount surcharge or whatever they're calling it these days with merchants actually able to completely eliminate their bill you know, it's, it's becoming even better for companies that are good with service because why would you now switch if you don't have a bill? And when you call and somebody answers right. the phone and they know who you are, now there's absolutely no reason to switch. So now more than ever, I would say technology and, you know, being able to have a stack that's convenient for you um, and being able to have somebody that answers the phone or returns your phone calls in a quick, in a, in a, in a timely manner is more important than rates.
Yeah. No one's paying for their fees yeah. anymore. Right. Yeah. No, agree with all of that 100%. So I said, we're going to learn about telling is not selling. That was a moment I wrote down because that's for, that's for the people. That's right. for everybody right. to learn from. But we were talking about uh, switching gears back to Elevate, yep. right? And you had said, I was just on a call with two people this morning. I was on a call with Morris this morning. The thing we can't do, and, and so maybe, maybe we'll answer this question, why? Why do people do that? Why do they bring on new people and just think, oh, well, they're now in our system. They can get it. They can go along. What, what do you suggest is the run-up, the touch points, the ongoing support for a successful relationship with someone abroad? I think it's the same as if it's local. Let me tell you, the I can. There are two n- main ways that I can tell if something is going to fail. Uh, if, like, for instance, if somebody signs on with us, there are two main things. The first one is that they don't know what they're hiring this person to do. And when I say we don't know it, I don't mean just like, oh yeah, I need an assistant. Okay, cool. What is this assistant going to be doing for you? Right. Um, that's something that if they don't know, if they don't have a legitimate, like a legitimate, okay, here's what they're going to do. And then here's this, and they're going to assist me with this. And they're going to be using this systems. I'm talking specific type stuff, not just like, Hey, I want somebody to come in and like, help me out with some stuff. Right. I know that that relation, I I know that that relationship is going to fail if they're not, you know, if they really don't know what they want. And that just kind of even goes into life in general. If you don't know what you want specifically, how are you going to get it? So, um, so people will fail if they don't know what it is that they want. And then the second thing that we see is it when somebody, okay, cool. Like you were saying, you've been on for a week now. Good luck. Congratulations, you know, on the job. Welcome to the team and we'll see you yeah. later, right? Just like any other investment or any other software, pro, whatever you want to call it, you need to integrate it into your system. Yes, there will be a time and place whenever you cannot interact with that person as much as you need to, especially if it's like a, like for instance, our, our video editors, right? We have a meeting once a week with everybody on them. It's like, we, we call it an innovation meeting. Um, where basically they like, I like to see new ideas of what some of the other trendsetters are doing. They play around with their own things. Hey, Chris, this might work on the reels and the short form type stuff. But, you know, aside from that meeting, I don't have a lot of interaction with them other than a quick message on Slack to say, Hey, there's a couple more videos uploaded. But in the beginning, we were talking daily. We were talking every single video that they did was, was critiqued. I still work with my executive assistant, Jules, every single day. We are on, and my director of operations, uh, Faye, she is on a call with me every single day at 11 o'clock, right? Um, And then what we do is we kind of go through any issues that happened the day before. We're still getting dialed in. She's been with me for seven months now, I think, maybe a little bit longer. And we still meet every single day because we're not at a position where I can just let her run, right? We kind of backed off a little bit and would at, at at one point and I don't want to say the wheels started to fall off but I realized that that the my vision wasn't being translated in the way that I saw it anymore mm-hmm. so I had to come back in um you know and 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 kind of remind everybody but there will be a time and place where I only meet with her once a week right um but she's like my number 2 over there um her and Jules and uh you know it's this I I communicate daily with with both of them and it's for that right. reason so just like you would, yeah. just like you would here. So, yep. Now yep. I love that. So, you know, our, our show title, risk taker to business maker, I think we called it, you know, this is, this is the power of, you know, like my great team, Chris and his team 
that he has Chris Stone cast ahead. You know, we've got a workflow. We picked this title a week or so ago, I think it was, risk taker to business maker, right? And so as we look to wrap up our time, so having, having a virtual team might sound risky to people. Share some of the success stories that you've had with your clients, right? So you got the risk on one hand. Yeah. What's been, what's been the business growth, the business explosion, the making of a business that happens by having teams of people around you? I mean, I could just, I can speak from personal experience, right? I took Payment Pilot for me as a one-man show doing completely everything. You know, um, I think I did mid six figures um, four years ago, and now we are, we've doubled every single year at least um, because we're putting people in. And just an example, the two people that we hired today are sales assistants, okay? So they are handling all the backend stuff for my business development people. So my, they, I've, fortunately, I was able to find people who like to hunt, right? Which never happens, right? They, a lot of people love to be farmers and account managers. But for some reason, I found a lot of people who just love to hunt. Right? And so what we found is those types of people, whenever they are, whenever they have account management things that have to be done, because they have to be done, but they don't like to do it. Right. So right. why would I take somebody who's, who's, who has a very unique skill set anyway, and who's also very good at it and say, you know what, we're going to have you do this instead, like get this done and then you can go do what you want to do as opposed to, Hey, I brought some, I brought uh, you know, a couple people in specifically for you that are going to help you with follow-ups that are going to help you with paperwork that are going to help you with customer communications. They're going to work with tech. They're going to work with support. They're going to work with onboarding on your behalf. So that way you can just focus on what it is that you're going to do. And from that, yeah. you know, we, we had the hockey beautiful. stick revenue. It went right. Um, yeah. and then the same thing for elevate as well. Like our company, it, we scaled very quickly because rather than, you know, me learning from before, I wanted to do everything by myself at first. And I realized that, you know, no, that's not how it works. And, um, you know, I mean, yeah, this is countless examples. One of the, uh, you know, we do, we have three areas of focus. We, you know, we do the executive assistance. Uh, we do the video editing like I was talking about before. Um, and then we also do 3D renderings for people in the home services industry. So kitchen and bath remodelers, you know, um, mm. uh, landscape designers, architects, engineers, things like that. We were able to, I think we have four or five um, CAD architects uh, or CAD technicians in one of our engineers' clients. He's his second year of business. Right. He has more business than he needs to know than he knows what to do with now. And it's because he was able to bring in people. So his business development was off the chain, but he wasn't able to, uh, he wasn't able to to fulfill the work because he didn't have the staff that he needed. Well, we were able to quickly plug those gaps for him with people who, you know, in his opinion, were better than the people he had on staff before. And, uh, you know, it started out, they started out as supplements, but, you know, actually in that case, he did end up replacing them. And is at the end of the day, it was, he was getting a better output from, from the people in the Philippines that he were in the, than people in the States. So yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I mean, sky's the limit. It really is. And, and again, it goes back to kind of where we started about, uh, people that make businesses take risk, but they, part of making a business is about understanding where your best lane is, where your best genius is, where your best activities are spent, your best energy is spent. Uh, And and those examples you just shared, like, yeah, if you've got hunters, if you've got people that want to go sell, let them do it. 
<laughs> Worst thing you could do is put a bunch of paperwork in front of them. Out of their like, way. Yeah, you got yeah. to fill out this credit app. You got you to gotta get this list of equipment that they have and then understand which equipment we're putting in and we need addresses to ship it to. No, just stay out of their way. Give them, yeah. give them one place to send the business contact information and then let the team fill that paperwork mm -hmm. out and wrap the deal up, right? Yeah. yeah. And there, and there's so many things like you just shared the, the, the CAD drawing. Like I would imagine you could have somebody at, at somebody's landscape company who's stateside in house. They just, they, they're the Don Draper of all the CAD designs. Yeah. For they understand what the client wants. Their mm -hmm. team abroad brings it forward. They take the red pen out digitally, cut this, move yes. this flower pot here, or move this fire pit there. Yes. And, so instead that, and then their creative the, mind is instead up here. of them being the the uh you know the 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 creative and then the one that does the executing. And let me give you an example of a kitchen and bathroom model. This is a really easy ROI. In most instances, what we found is the smaller companies, the sales rep is the one that draws it up, right? Mm -hmm. That's a left brain, right brain type thing. And also salespeople, oh, yeah. they don't like being, doing paperwork, right? So at the end of the day, this is something that they're usually not that good at. It usually takes them a, long, a much longer time than it should to turn it around, whether it's procrastination or whether they just don't have time. So what we found is we can bring somebody in. It's a, it's a pretty quick ROI. We say, hey, how long does this, does this take you on average? Let's just say that it takes five hours a week for them to do their drawings, right? Um, and let's say that they're two weeks behind on their drawings for whatever reason. Well, what is five hours a week? How many, how, many how many more appointments is that? So let's say it's, well, that's five appointments. All right, cool. So if we took this off of this guy's, the, or off of this salesperson's plate, right? Let's put five more appointments in there. Let's just say it's a $10,000 average, average, you know, net profit, you know, per, per one. And you have a 40% closure ratio, which sucks if you're in this one. You should be 60, 70, 80%, right? If you're working for a reputable company. So, you know, uh, let's just call it, let's just call it 50% just for fun. That's an extra $25,000 a week that you're bringing in mm -hmm. because now you've, you've found somebody that can take that, that, uh, that task off of their plate that they don't want to do. They don't like to do. Also, your, your closing percentage is probably going to go up because you're now able to turn these drawings around in 48 hours instead of, I was of, just going to say, instead two of two weeks or three to two weeks. days. Yeah. So it's, you know, and again, yep. to what your point, the Don Draper, you know, they're, they're not a lot of times your, your, your people from the virtual, you know, the virtual assistants or executive assistants, remote workers, whatever you want to call them, they're not in direct co contact with your customers. So now this sales rep can, you know, or the project manager, whoever they can QC this, send it back multiple times for revisions if they need it. But that's still, yeah. you know, that client is now, you don't, you don't risk the run. You don't risk losing the account or the deal because they, you know, got impatient with you and went somewhere else for, even though you're the better provider, it took too long to get you back. And right. so, you know, it's, it's just simple math. And, you know, again, yeah. salespeople for the most part, they don't like doing paperwork. They don't like doing the drawings and usually they're not that good at it either. So it's a no brainer. Yeah. yeah we're uh, coming to the top of our hour, but I want to share a very anecdotal story. Uh, or not anecdotal, very uh, connected story to what we just shared because it is in kitchen and bath. Back in my wholesale factory representation days, I had an account. I sold them kids' furniture, like bunk beds. I sold them the occasional container of bedroom furniture. I had my mattress line that I represented in their business. They started out as a cabinet kitchen bathroom seller. 
doing remodeling and, and drawings and everything. And then they just expanded and expanded and expanded. They're, they're since out of business. Their, their final iteration of their name was just cabinets, furniture, and more. <laughs> and it's like, just, who are you? And okay. I actually sat with the owner. I said, I'm coming to you because I'm concerned for our business together. Right. But your business needs to be healthy for my business to remain. And so I'm going to, I'm going to self-inflict a wound here with my, uh, my recommendation. And my recommendation for you is to just focus on the first floor of the home. Sure. Yeah. With, with all, modern homes are open floor, open floor format. So that means you're going to sell kitchen cabinets. You're going to sell bar stools to go at the kitchen counter dining area, the small dinettes only living room furniture and complementing living room furniture, like tables and entertainment. And that's it. Get out of it's everything been, else. No. Because, because all your people who can sell a $50,000 kitchen are being bothered by this customer to sell a $500 mattress. And now my company is good. We have a great partnership, but this is bad for your company. Right. And while I appreciate our business together, I need you to survive mm-hmm. because I sell you some of this other stuff you can sell. And I think you'll do better. Right. And that never happened. And it took, real estate, every, it took highest their entire, best use. Yeah. It took their 20, 25 locations. And they went down. That's a lot of jobs. Because they just weren't focused. Yep. Yep. So imagine if they just would have had your team just to help those kitchen designers. Sure. Just that might have, might, because it was, those sales were the biggest, biggest dollar sales, biggest margin sales. There's all kinds of lessons there. All kinds of great lessons you shared. Chris, I appreciate your time today. You can connect with Chris at chriskilly.com. We've had all this stuff up on the screen. Um, Anywhere that they can go that I didn't mention or we didn't show, Chris. No, uh, I mean the listening. Uh, we might want to yeah, rattle. That, that main page is going to cover everything. Yep. Okay. So chriskilly.com, connect with him. Uh, all of his businesses: payment processing, VA outsourcing, uh, payment pilot, elevateoutsourcing.com. Chris, man, appreciate you. you. Can get his book, Rise of the Virtual Assistant. Um, it's on Amazon. It's a bestseller. Would love if you supported him and got that book, and it can help your business. Thank Chris. You. Thank you so much for stopping by. It's been a time on my show. I appreciate you. Jeff, appreciate you too. Have a great day. You're welcome. Thank you. We'll see everybody else next week on The Big Ticket Life. Now go out and do life and business on your terms. We'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own big ticket life. And now it's time to live your. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.thebigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what isn't possible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, it's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners, and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat in your business, away from commodity and away from competition into a market of one so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. 
two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now. Accept this gift. Book your call. Go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.